This is a Vault Studios production. In the fall of 2016, Danny Joe Carter, the MacGyver's close friend who was driving the SUV the night Diane was killed, speaks publicly for the first time. I'm cooperating with them, doing what they asked me to do, and um, I'm just not really comfortable talking about any more of that until, until they, I guess they talk to me. Soon, photos of the inside of the MacGyver's SUV are made public, clearly showing the bullet hole in the seat where Diane MacGyver had been sitting. Here is a view of the front seat where Diane MacGyver was riding. It shows where the bullet came through the seat and shot her in the back. You can see where the bullet entered the seat back. Tex MacGyver is still a free man. He's not been charged with any crime related to the shooting death of his wife. I also heard from Tex MacGyver's attorney today. Steve Maple says he does not expect Tex MacGyver to be charged with any criminal offense. He says the shooting was an accident that did not involve any intentional act or criminal negligence. But before the end of the year, all that changes. I'm Caitlin Ross. This is Intent, the Tex MacGyver case, Chapter 3. December, a few months after his wife's death, Tex MacGyver announces plans to sell Diane's collection of clothing, shoes, and jewelry. It's described at the time as a fashionista's dream closet. An attorney for Tex says the estate sale is to raise money for several of the bequeathments in Diane's will. According to the website, the sale includes many designer wardrobe pieces, such as Prada and Burberry. But the sale of Diane's belongings isn't the only news that month. The prominent Atlanta attorney that shot and killed his wife near Piedmont Park has been charged. Tex MacGyver is charged with reckless conduct and involuntary manslaughter in the shooting death of his wife, Diane. Despite the polygraph exam, despite friends in high places and his professed love for Diane, despite everything Tex claimed about that night on the streets of Atlanta, It's not enough for Tex to remain a free man. Atlanta attorney Tex MacIver is in the Fulton County Jail. He turned himself in earlier this evening. Tex MacIver was able to make special arrangements to turn himself in using the back entrance of the jail. That back entrance is normally for official business only by police and sheriff's deputies. But that's so MacIver could avoid letting the public see him turn himself in at the front entrance at the main entrance. And by 819, he was inside and booked. For now, there's no murder charge. But the involuntary manslaughter charge is a felony with a maximum sentence of 10 years behind bars and the reckless conduct charge a misdemeanor. The lesser charge accuses him of handling a gun in a careless and reckless manner in a way that would endanger the life of Diane MacGyver. His attorney at the time, Stephen Maples, speaks to the media following news of the arrest. That's not totally, uh, tremendously at odds with our... What we're saying was just simply a, a horrible accident. And that's what I think that the facts will show in this case, that this is just simply a horrible accident. On December 21st, more than three months after Diane's death, Tex MacGyver spends his first night in jail. And the next day, on his 74th birthday, makes his first appearance before a judge. Prominent Atlanta attorneys expected in court 
He's not working. He's a criminal defendant. Tex MacGyver turned himself in yesterday in the uh, shooting death of his wife that happened back in September. A Fulton County judge grants Tex a $200,000 bond at the hearing later that morning. 11 Alive reporter Doug Richards is there. Shackled in handcuffs and clad in Fulton County Jail blue, Tex McIver was a mute participant to the formal reading of the charges against him. His mood is actually pretty good. I mean, he's been... <laughs> distraught is not a strong enough word. It's been horrible. It's been horrible for him, and he's, he's doing the best he can to deal with it. Outside of the courtroom, a lawyer for the prosecution is asked about the case, about Texas' claim that it was an accident. Do you have any doubt that he did it accidentally? Well, I think his statements speak for themselves. Um, and I just know that uh, um, guns don't just go off. In addition to wearing an ankle monitor and surrendering his passport, he's ordered to avoid contact with any employees where Diane worked and to avoid contact with the key eyewitness in the case, Danny Joe Carter. The next day, after just over 40 hours inside the Fulton County Jail, wearing a suit and a freshly knotted tie, Tex MacGyver emerges from the Fulton County Jail with his attorney by his side. Tex doesn't say much as his attorney does the talking. This is a couple that had a wonderful relationship. They had the type of marriage that all of us should have. People that have known Tex and Diane, they say that it was a loving relationship. There was never a harsh word. There was never a cruel word. There was never a, a word in anger. They truly loved each other. It was a second marriage for both. It was a marriage later in life. They were mature at the time. And they really genuinely loved each other. You're not going to find anyone to say that they had a bad relationship. They had a wonderful relationship. And it's just an accident. It's a horrible accident. But that's what it is. It's an accident. That's, remember, I think we took a polygraph from the very best polygraphers available, Mr. Richard Radcliffe up in Gainesville. And I made a copy of that polygraph available to everybody in the news media. And I made Mr. Radcliffe available. And if you wish to call Mr. Radcliffe, he will still talk to you and give you an interview and discuss the results and his level of confidence in that polygraph. Mm -hmm. Mr. McGarver, would you want to just talk briefly about the Diane and uh, tell us, just verify what you said about the relationship? Not today, maybe later. But we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Tex MacGyver spends the holidays that year a free man, but without his wife Diane at his side, and with the prospect of a court case looming in his future. In early January of 2017, in response to public skepticism and close scrutiny from the media, MacGyver hires a high-profile public relations expert. Jeff Dickerson is known for clients like Delta Airlines, AT&T, and ironically, Atlanta's Grady Hospital, the hospital text passed on the way to Emory the night Diane was shot. Like the polygraph exam, it appears to be another move to control the narrative, to convince the media and the public that Tex shouldn't be facing charges for what was, in their words, a terrible accident. But a public auction of Diane's collection a few days later doesn't do much to help Tex's image. 
and it's not without controversy. There's a lot of interest in this auction here, and there are 1,400 items up for sale, everything from floor-length furs to $40,000 diamond earrings. They're expected to bring in as much as $2.5 million, and we got a behind-the-scenes tour of the auction today, which includes more than 20 furs. You can take your pick from a waist-length chinchilla to a full-length mink. Of course, the jewelry, one of the biggest highlights and draws. Texas friends Jane and Andrew Ward recall talking to Tex around the time of that public auction. Um, I seem to remember after Diane's death, sometime after, um, there was something reported on the local news channel um, in Eatonton about, well, Atlanta, about the fact that Diane's belongings were sold off by Tex. But that was what was in the world to be done, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. sat with Tex in his house. Um, uh, he was obviously put on, on bail. And we we spent time at his house just talking about her constantly and said, Tex, why are they all getting angry at you for quickly selling all her clothes? He said, Andrew, that's in her will. That's, no I have no choice. Yeah. But nobody's saying that. They're making it out that I'm trying to sell all her clothes to make money. And I don't want to make money. I want my Diane back. But they're making it out as if I'm this heinous person for doing that. And he was following her will of what was required to do. So each person should get so much money and this person should get this and that. And I feel obligated to honor that. Defense attorney and legal expert Daryl Cohen questions the decision but doesn't see it as anything that would make or break MacGyver's case. Yeah, I thought that that was foolish on his part, but it didn't bother me. My wife is dead. There's no reason to keep her belongings. Let's get rid of them because I don't want her. I don't want them around me. I don't want to continue to remember how she was. I mean, I think, again, that narrative could have been changed a bit. It can't change the fact that he did it. I thought it was way too soon when he did it. But that didn't tell me he murdered her or that he didn't murder her. That just told me he doesn't have the best judgment in the world. If there's any question about where the money will go, MacGyver says it will all go to people Diane left the money to in her will, and none of it will go towards his legal bills. That doesn't stop the Fulton County District Attorney from filing an emergency motion to stop the auction. But a judge denies the motion and the auction takes place as planned, with no restrictions. In April of 2017, an emergency motion is filed to revoke Texas bond after a search warrant turned up a firearm inside the MacGyver's condo. One of the conditions of MacIver's $200,000 bond was that he had no guns or knives. But when investigators searched MacIver's condo a week ago, they found a Glock handgun. He was worried about all the threats and things that were in the paper and being discussed. And I think he left a little gun in a sock in his side drawer for text and said, you might need this, you should have this. And they later did a search of his home and found it. And all of a sudden, Tex had been out to find a gun and got a gun, and here he is, another man with another gun. It was probably another very stupid mistake made along the way that should never have happened. 
It was found in the closet for the defendant, Mr. MacGyver, uh, where he, can, he keeps his personal clothing items. The handgun was contained within a Glock plastic box underneath a whole bunch of socks. MacGyver's attorney told me that he doesn't know how uh, MacGyver's Glock got into the Glock box under the socks in the sock drawer. The judge in the case, as we said, could send uh, Tex MacGyver back to jail uh, because of the finding of this gun in the drawer of socks at uh, MacGyver's condo in Atlanta. And you talk about pure stupidity or I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to do it my way. It was dumb. Around this time, Tammy Johnson is in charge of Diane's estate and had access to the MacIver Buckhead condo. She claims to have checked every inch of the condo and never saw the gun until recently. There was no guns on the premises that I knew about. But here's where the case takes an unusual turn. Investigators found the gun on Friday, but they didn't take it. Johnson says she called MacIver's lawyer, who she says told her to take the gun to the next door neighbor. Prosecutors were noticeably irritated. Why didn't you just give me the gun then on Monday? Why didn't you take it first? Why did you put me in that position? Well, listen to me. It's, I don't know. I don't know what to do with guns. This is not, this is out of my world. So we asked the defense, whose gun was it? They say it will all actually come out uh, during the course of the investigation. They'll also find out how it got to be in Tex MacGyver's uh, sock drawer. The judge will decide next week if he'll be putting Tex MacGyver back in jail. Criminal defense attorney Lawrence Zimmerman speaks to 11 Alive's Jeff Hollinger about the gun issue. I mean, look, if he had lots of firearms, had 40 or 50 firearms in his home, and he did everything he could, and he thought he got rid of them all, and he, by mistake, and they could show he mistakenly left something in a sock drawer that hadn't been in a while, then that could give him an out. But the problem is, because it's his sock, his sock drawer that presumably he's been going to for a few months, and there's a gun there, I mean, that's, that's a problem See, for him. See, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a judge, I'm not an attorney, but this has way too many moving parts to it. According to the law, as I read it, now tell me if I'm wrong or right about this, if you have a weapon in your place of residence and you're out on bond, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Except his lawyers are trying to raise the fact, and was watching the video before, that he did not know or somebody placed it in that drawer. So if somebody put it there and he didn't know about it, he has to have knowledge. So if they can't show you had knowledge about it, or someone else had access to the house, to that drawer, then that gives him an out. An emergency hearing begins on Friday, April 21st, and drags into the following week. During the hearing, witnesses reveal the gun was owned by Texas' brother, but how it ended up in the sock drawer is still a mystery. The hearing lasts three days and is contentious at times. Court orders very clearly say no guns. Mr. MacGyver knew this and everyone else around him knew this. He is guilty of violating the court's order, knowingly, willingly, and intentionally. Texas defense attorneys argue that their client didn't own Glocks and that his wife Diane preferred that weapon and that he didn't know how the Glock 9mm ended up in the sock drawer. Since December 22nd, 2016, he's done everything he's supposed to do. Mr. MacGyver is not a threat to the public. He's a 74-year-old man. That Mr. MacGyver's responses were genuine, they were heartfelt, he was shocked, and he was scared to death after that weapon was found that his bond would be violated. At the end of the hearing, a Fulton County judge sides with the prosecution. Tex MacIver's bond is revoked. Mr. MacIver must have known 
that that gun was there, that this isn't just an accident and a shocker for everyone. And given how much tragedy has befallen Mr. MacGyver and his family and Ms. MacGyver's family and friends, it is um, remarkable and alarming that there was still a gun um, that accessible to Mr. MacGyver. This violation of his probation lands Tex back behind bars for now. I am going to revoke Mr. MacGyver's bond, but I am amenable to reinstating it. And so what that means is that Mr. MacGyver is going to go into custody today, um, but I'm going to share with both sides conditions of a bond that I believe would address the concerns I have flowing from the discovery of the MacGyver gun in the MacGyver sock drawer in the MacGyver condominium. But the MacGyver gun in the MacGyver sock drawer in the MacGyver condominium isn't the only news surrounding the case in late April of 2017. Prosecutors filed to have Tex MacGyver removed as the executor of his wife's will. Those documents even say that prosecutors believe Diane MacGyver has a secret will that her husband is hiding, which could prove motive in her death. There's no second will. He's not going to find a second will. There's no financial motive. There's no jealousy. There's absolutely no motive. Prosecutors also indicate that the charges against Tex MacGyver might increase at some point. He is charged by the Atlanta Police Department with involuntary manslaughter. That has absolutely nothing to do with what the Fulton County DA's office is going to do. The next day, that's exactly what happens. And I would have laid my life savings on there would never have been a charge of murder against him because we just knew how much they lived and adored each other. Four months after the initial charges were filed, Tex finds himself facing a new indictment, one that makes it clear the Fulton County District Attorney's Office doesn't buy his version of events. A Fulton County grand jury has just indicted the prominent Atlanta attorney over a malice murder charge in the death of his wife, Diane. Explosive new allegations coming from the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. After an extensive and several months long investigation, prosecutors are now saying Tex MacGyver intentionally pulled the trigger on the night of September 25th of last year, killing his wife, Diane. Count one, malice murder. That is the most serious charge. And in Georgia, that's life without the possibility of parole. Malice murder. Count two was felony murder, which also carries with it potential life sentence. With Tex, it was the idea that this person who's been known for so long, like you, it was very shocking to think that he could have intentionally killed his wife. And once it started being more details start coming out about their relationship, some of the dynamics of it, it became really uh, um, intriguing. Malice murder is not a charge you'll hear about in other states. According to Georgia law, malice murder is committed when a homicide is done with express or implied malice. And malice is that deliberate intention unlawfully to take the life of another human being, which is manifested by external circumstances capable of proof. Legal expert and prosecutor Latonia Hines breaks it down further. Malice murder would probably be closest to what people think of as like first degree murder, where it's like malice of forethought. This is something where you seriously planned 
to do something. You you wanted to, you, you did a serious amount of planning to ensure that this person died. Tex is now facing malice murder and felony murder charges. Felony murder isn't necessarily that you plan for the person to die. The common scheme that people think about is like robbery, right? Uh, you and a friend decide that you're going to go rob the local convenience store. Um, and then in the process, you, the you know store owner is shot and killed. And so that is a felony murder. And then at the same time, it could be one of your compatriots who was with you get shot and killed as part of it. And that's felony murder as well. So it, it just makes, it's a very easy concept for jurors sometimes when they can understand that because usually when you talk to a juror who has heard the charge of felony murder and then subsequently found someone guilty of felony murder in their mind was they understood that if they found the person guilty of the, the felony and that the, somebody died as a result of the felony, that makes felony murder. There are five more charges filed that day. Aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, possession of a firearm during a crime, and three counts of influencing witnesses. Which was another significant part of this case, where Tex MacGyver is trying to allegedly take control of the situation and tell people to lie or mislead um, investigators in this case. According to the new indictment, one of these last charges involves an interaction you've already heard about, when Tex allegedly told Danny Joe Carter to tell the police she wasn't in the SUV the night of the murder. But that's not all. Judge Robert McBurney reads the details of the indictment in court, specifically laying out how Tex allegedly went about influencing Danny Joe and other witnesses. You did unlawfully and knowingly engage in misleading conduct toward Patricia Diane Carter, and you allegedly did so by leaving a voicemail statement with Patricia Diane Carter's husband, Thomas Lee Carter Jr., wherein you, the defendant, implied in this voicemail statement that Patricia Diane Carter ceased communicating her recollections of the facts and circumstances of the death of Landa Diane McIver to law enforcement officers because these statements place the defendant, you, at imminent risk of immediate incarceration, and then requesting that Thomas Lee Carter Jr. delete the voicemail. And all of this was allegedly done with the intent to prevent the communication of information relating to the commission of a criminal offense to law enforcement, prosecuting attorney, or judge of this state. Seven months after the death of Diane MacGyver, prosecutors and Texas defense attorneys begin preparing for a murder trial. To be this well-to-do, respected attorney, and then to be charged with shooting and killing your own wife and, and right in front of one of her best friends, this was bizarre. Next time on Intent, the Tex MacGyver case. The doctor asked his wife if she wanted to see him in the hospital and she said no. And um, that really struck a chord with me because I think personally, if I were in that situation, I would be begging to see my husband. So I've formed an opinion that it sounds guilty to me. Intent, the Tex McIver case, is a co-production of Vault Studios and 11 Alive WXIA News in Atlanta. 
Will Johnson and Brian Weiss are executive producers with Vault Studios. Reed Redman produces, researches, and edits the podcast. Richard Humphreys at Tacoma Media in Silver Spring, Maryland, mixes and edits the show. You can find me on Facebook at Caitlin Ross 11 Alive or on Twitter at Caitlin Ross 1. 